Welcome to the Accounting Technology Fireside Chat Podcast. Now, sit back and enjoy while Nick and Trevor help you use your technology to make money and delight your clients. Well, good morning, Trevor. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Accounting Technology Fireside Chat. How are you? I'm very good, Nick. I'm uh, surviving. I was at 33 days to go of lockdown, but um, surviving, surviving. We had, uh, I think I told you, we had the roadblock out the front of our house coming into our town yesterday, so well, that, it got real. That would have been interesting, <laughs> watching all that kind of security stuff going on. Yeah, it was real. It got real. It was sort of like, yeah, they're around. They're going to be doing this. So, um, yeah, you've seen a few things going on, but that was um, – a little bit confronting. Yeah, no, Add to that the uh, 40 drones that uh, my son saw flying over Melbourne the other day. Wow. Wow. I haven't seen any of that. Yeah, that's uh, go Google that up, guys. Talk about security and keeping an open lease in Victoria. I've got a heap of drones that they're doing checks. That makes it sound a little bit sci-fi slash... World War Two slash yeah, yeah but, but, well, less World War Two. There weren't many drones in World War Two, unless <laughs> no, you want to take the V one and the V two. But um, it's kind of funky because in Wuhan they had drones that would come up to you and talk to you and say you're oh, out, okay. you're outside, go home. Which I think is yeah, it's, it's it's probably safer than the police running around and trying to talk <laughs> to the idiots going to get a burger at eleven o'clock at night. Yeah, yeah. So New Zealand's New Zealand's got some cases again. You know the cases yeah. in New South Wales seem to be on the uptick again. It's it's this thing hasn't gone away. But at least Vladimir Putin's daughter has had a um um a, the new the new vaccine and her temperatures come down from thirty eight apparently. Why were the vaccine? I'm not. Anyway, yeah, don't worry. Don't, don't worry. Well, anyway, what what should we talk about today? <laughs> Well, we, we were talking just then about security, border control, all this sort of stuff. So let's get into security on your computer. I think there's – we've talked about it. We've touched on it a little bit here and there, but let's really get into that a bit more because um, it's one that I do get a little bit confused on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's almost like this vaccine thing and all these sort of things. You know, part of me, the conspiracy theorist in me, which is nothing anywhere near like yours <laughs> – Sometimes feels like whenever I put a virus protection software on my computer, I get viruses. But ever since I've known you, which is now 10 years, I've not had any virus protection other than Windows Defender on my computer. Yeah, actually, you have, got a you, virus. Ha- you have had virus protection. Oh, have I? <laughs> <laughs> you, just had, had virus you, d- you just haven't had third-party virus protection. So um, and, and we can talk about that. You know, so there's lots of things in security. So let's, let's kind of step through the world of security and kind of give you a view. First of all, the first question is, why do we need security? Um, and the reason we need it is we all have data that we want to protect. So let's talk about the data first. Um, there's data in an accounting firm, right? Some of it's really, really confidential and some of it isn't. So you're, you're the accountant. Talk to me about what the data. What is it? What, what are the things we're trying to protect? Well, I think the biggest thing that, you know, you've got a lot of client information, bank statements and like that. The biggest thing that we need to protect is the tax data. So tax file numbers is a real, um, Concern, and I, and I, you know, over the last with the cloud technology, with cloud technology, and people opening up APIs and all of those sort of things, I, I think there may have been a few breaches, and we won't go into those, but I think there may have been a few breaches, and people 
like I did hear a couple of years ago, someone got a bunch of tax file numbers from um, Nigeria and lodged a whole heap of tax returns and got a whole heap of refunds. Um, wow. So, I suppose but, you could you also, it's quite easy to use a tax file number to start doing identity theft as well. Mm, so so mm, let's talk sorry. about that. You've got a bunch of customers with a bunch of tax file numbers and you need to protect them. Right. So let's talk about where we're storing those first. So there's a few ways you can store those. They can get stored in your practice management system. You could store them on paper. You could store them on Excel spreadsheets. Or you could write them on yellow stickies and stick them to your monitor. Mm, And, well, you're missing the last one. I store them in my document management system. Okay. Okay. So we've got document management system, practice management system, um, on paper, yellow stickies, spreadsheets you've got and you've got them everybody who's got a yeah spreadsheets and so forth like that everybody who's got a pc would have a some sort of trail of tax file numbers of their clients sitting on their computers cool okay so so it's in all sorts of places now one of the things is if i'm just a, a client like i'm just an individual the ata will send me stuff with my tax file number on it but because it only comes to me and I only get one of them, then we have this concept we call the you know, needle in the haystack or the honeypot, right? So one of the things we talk about in cryptocurrency is if I have a safe with a million dollars in it, it's worthwhile attacking that safe. If I have a million safes with one dollar in each, then it's not worth my while to attack those safes, right? So yeah. then you think an accounting practice is actually a honeypot. If I want to go and get a bunch of tax file numbers, I need to go and hack an accounting practice. So you you guys would be a target, right? Yeah. So for sure. So if I can get a tax file number, I can go and register a dodgy tax return and get some money off the ATO and then run away. I, I know it's illegal and blah blah blah. So it would be a. You, you sound like not only do you have important data, but you're probably a good target. You'd have to get a few things though. You'd have to get mm-hmm. a tax file number, a name, address, and you'd have to have a date of birth. Okay, but all of that sitting in a record in your practice management system. It, all sitting in a record in my practice management system, and I and for me, I rely on Zero to maintain that. Okay, cool. And Zero has just gone through a whole heap of security updates, as we're well aware of. Yep. Um, probably to beef that up a bit. Yeah. Okay. And and you know, so let's let's talk about the first thing. And we haven't even got to viruses yet, but let's talk about how we protect that data. And the very first thing is what we call multi-factor authentication. So mm-hmm. let's talk about that for a second. Have you ever used your business email to sign up for something online like Facebook or LinkedIn? Oh, for sure. And and have you used the, sure. have you used the same password that you use normally? I would say yes. We've already done this. You've gone yeah. and checked me out, and I was pretty clean. You went and did your little check on your. What, what I did. Was that I did. Have I did? have I have I been pawned? Yes, yes I, and I wasn't too bad. I wasn't too bad. <laughs> you wait till I did TJS at Hansons.com.au. That was oh, all that over was. the place. You were, you were very dodgy back then. So so, um, if you've just got a username and password, you might as well consider that's already been breached. Yes. Okay, so you need multi-factor authentication. That's the first thing. And the factors are something you have, something you are, and something you know. So something you know is a password. Something you are is like fingerprint or retinal scanning or or biometrics. And something you have is like one of those apps on your phone which gives you a unique key every time. Or you get a text, right? So so that's you you want at least two factors. If you want to be really secure, you want three-factor authentication. Right. And mm-hmm. that you want that in everybody in your business. And that starts to protect that data. And you're, you're making an assumption that your practice so management provider will secure with, themselves. We started off with just passwords. Yep. Then we went to dual. What was it called? Dual factor? Was Two it? factor. 
two-factor authentication, yeah. and then we went to multi-factor authentication, and we went there really fast. Yes, we went there from we went to two-factor to multi-factor really fast. You know, but, there but was a you you did because a lot of the tools you were using went to multi-factor, but you, the banks have been giving out those little key fob things that give you a number for years. That's multi-factor mm-hmm. authentication. That's been around. It's been around for years. It's nothing new. Yeah, yeah it's just yeah. new because you use it all the time now. So, so that well, I was quickly. using it for the bank. Yes, I did do that, and I've lost them all. I like. I far. I I prefer the SMS, you know, sing one-time-only passwords and all of those sort of things. I think they're a better system to work with. But but we're making some assumptions here. We're thinking about, you know, Zero Practice Manager that's hosted by Zero and they look after the security and all sorts of things like that. Uh, What about guys out there who still have their own servers? They couldn't afford to do multi-factor authentication to get into well, they, there. They'd they, have to use some sort of app, I suppose. They could. You, to... you can buy some technology to do it and you can implement it. But even if you've got multi-factor authentication, the risk you have having your own server is you're now as secure as your office is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, you've got to think, how secure is my physical office? And most physical accounting offices aren't incredibly secure. Oh, no, no. You just, you know, a couple of dollars to the cleaner and you're in. Yeah, or even even not, if you manage to break in. And I, ha- I was talking to an accountant I know up the coast here, and he said, no, I've got a back-to-base alarm system. I said, well, how how long before somebody turns up when that alarm goes off? He says, seven minutes, guaranteed. And I said, and do you have removable disks in your server? He said, yes, I do. So I said, so if I want all the tax file numbers for all of your clients, I break into your office, I go and take all those removable disks out of your server, I walk out, I'm out in a minute. And I've got six yeah. minutes to get away before anybody arrives. And, and realistically, when the alarm goes off, are you going to go there in a big hurry? I've had it back in my days at Hanson's. My job was the alarm. If it went off, the guy would ring me, and I'd have to jump in my car. And I wasn't really happy about the idea of going there at 3 in the morning to go and find out who the hell was trying to break into my account. Sure. So, so another thing, I think I'm at the point of recommending, if you're not doing stuff in the cloud, like the proper cloud, you really should be now, just from a security point of view. Yeah. So then let's talk about your device. So everyone's got, you've got, I assume you've got more than one devices. I can, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a Teams chat with Trevor at the moment and I can see he's in the background with a laptop behind me. He's using one to talk to me. He's got a smartphone. You got a ton of devices there. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm really down to, yeah, but I'm down to my laptop, uh, my, my, my surface and a couple of phones. Yep. So you'd, you'd get to the point where somebody would send you an email saying, let's start with the whaling emails. So this is a bit of a security breach. We'll just start with this. A whaling email is where someone goes uh, pretending to say to be me saying, Hey, Trevor, can you transfer some money? And you've seen those and, and I've got those as well. Um, yeah. You put, as soon as you put CFO on your LinkedIn profile or on your web page or anything like that, they capture them all. And then they've got sick of it because they've stopped that. They must have realized they had no money. <laughs> yeah, well, realized we had no money, which is, is a whole different thing. Um, the, the next thing you, you, you want to think about is um, advanced phishing. So let me give you an example. I went down to Circular Key in Sydney and I bought an umbrella. It was raining and I went to one of those dodgy shops in Circular Key. And as I walked out, I got a text from my bank and it went, um, dear Nick, um, we've just noticed a transaction we're not sure about. Please click here to sign into your bank, right? And, um, verify the transaction. And I thought, well, this is all good. I clicked there. It loaded what I thought was the St. George banking app. I went to log in, I typed in my customer ID and my password, and it didn't work. So I tried again. And on the third yeah. attempt, I went, oh, no. Oh, sh- and so I found the bank, and we changed everything, and it was all good. 
but that was a really sophisticated way of trying to get access to my personal bank account. Now, I know a financial services firm where somebody did something even more sophisticated. So they sent one of those click here emails to a member of staff and that member of staff clicked on the email and it downloaded an app onto their PC which recorded what they were doing. And they learned that every month that she was involved in transferring a large amount of money in the millions um, to a bank account. And so they worked out the branch, they went to the branch and they opened a new bank account at that branch. So same BSB number, um, but slightly different account number. Um, and then when she came to do the transfer this time, before she sent it for approval to the next person, they just slightly changed the account number it was going to. Right. And it went for somebody to approve it who used their multi-factor authentication, approved the bank transfer and millions of dollars went into a different account. Now they noticed quickly because they had an alert set up on their account for when the money appeared. They noticed really quickly contacted the bank and it got fixed, but that's not always the case. So suddenly we have to not just protect the cloud infrastructure and document management, multi-factor authentication. We've got to look at not just protecting the device because there's only so much you can do. We've got to look at educating the staff as well. Yeah, that's and that's a big thing. And we've had a number of situations in the past. And I must say that with the clients that we have had some security breaches on, there was one in particular, and I'm not going to go into any names or details. We'll protect the innocent. Um, but they went through a situation where they got one of those emails and they got into Office 365. We then got notified to say there'd been a breach. We're able to track it down. And Office 365 security stopped at least and minimised that exposure. Um, but on find, on searching through further, we found out that that person had been also is it fished? Is that what you're saying? Whaling attack? Yes, Had a whaling attack of that point and um, had breached other things. And that was her education, unfortunately. It was like, you've had this done to you. Oh, gosh. Actually, I had this and this and this as well. Yeah. And, you know, that's where they build profiles on people. And they spend a lot of time doing that, don't they? So they, they don't know. A lot of it's no? a lot of it's available and really easy to get online in the dark web, and we've I think we've spoken about the dark web, and certainly there's um no no I don't go anywhere near that Nick we yeah. don't I, well, that's next week's thing okay because I really want to know a little bit more about the dark web because I really don't understand it well, at in all a, <laughs> in another podcast I do with um Scott Atkinson called the Weekly Wind Down we actually did a session on the dark web so in the comments section of this I'll actually link. The, um, okay, I'll well, have a listen to I'll it. link so, it. You um, can have a listen. Maybe we'll invite Scott on to have a conversation at one of the um, fireside chats and he can talk yeah, about yeah, that a little bit. Do that. But, but that stuff's really easily accessible. So I know, I know people who've had their email hacked by clicking on things, you know, all sorts of stuff like that. So you obviously need some form of protection on your device. And um, Windows 10 comes with rudimentary, um, um, uh, rudimentary antivirus, which is Windows Defender. But when you turn on, um, what used to be called Intune and now is, um, um, endpoint protection, part of Office 365, if you turn it on, that gives you an advanced level of effectively antivirus, anti-malware on your, your device. And, and as you said, Trevor, not, you don't, you haven't had viruses and it probably because it hasn't popped up and told you. I'm sure you've had some. Um, but it's really good at getting rid of those. So, there, so, there, so there's lots of So could you put in there. your, 
a link about endpoint protection, put also that in your comment section. Um, can we put that in there, some links to that, so we can get some instructions to make sure we've got it turned on in our Office 365 environment? Yes, certainly. Now, if you're going to want endpoint protection, you're going to want an enterprise version of Office 365, not the cheaper business premium one. Business premium mm-hmm. doesn't come with those features. And I, I'm always surprised why accounting firms um, choose the cheaper option and reduce their level of security to save like $4 a user a month. It just seems, it seems well, a little bit... Well, IT provider tells us, go the cheaper version and buy my other virus protection software because you don't need that if you've got your other one. Now, yeah. tell me, why would I do that? Well, there's there's a couple of reasons. One, he could be right. One, he could have um, spent, uh, your IT provider could have spent a bunch of time building a whole set of centralized management policies using the tool he uses and, and, and rolls that out to all of his clients and gets some economies of scale. And so if he sees someone somewhere or apply it to everybody, there is, there's, it's not just wrong, right? There is, there is benefit there. Or sometimes it's just he makes money out of that rather than Microsoft making money out of that, and he'd rather that I'm money. Skulking off to the corner, Nick. I can hear you in your voice. Sometimes he makes money out of that, you know. Um, and, and you know, like um, we like I've been, we've been. The thing is, I know, um, and because you've educated me on a lot of the features that are available in Office three six five, and a lot of security features that are available in there, and I'm aware of them, but so many people aren't aware of them. And so, therefore, they get told, you need virus protection, you need this, you need this, you need this. Now, if I had a server, I would need a virus protection. Oh, you need, I would need you'd some need, sort of you'd, service. You'd need software, a ton software. of stuff. You'd need physical – so start with physical security. Your server's got to be in a locked room. Um, it should be really, really, really hard to get access to that locked room. Um, it should be in a locked office. There should be video cameras. There should be alarms. Your disk should be encrypted. Um, a lot of things you, you should bit lock every disk you've got. Um, there's a whole bunch of things you need to do to make sure somebody can't get access. But as you know, if I've got physical access to something, I can, I can get access to it. It's just not that hard. So, so you need to put in all the layers of security. Someone like a tier one data center would do like a Microsoft or a Google or a zero that runs an AWS. So that's the physical security is really important. If you've got a server, I'd say it's probably beyond the reach of most. Yeah, suburban accounting firms to provide the level of security if you're running servers to secure your client's data that's required today. It's not more secure because it's on your server. It's less now. No, no. but uh, And so, therefore, my comment about saying, well, if I've got a server and I get some antivirus software and I put it on my server, that's not going to help me. <laughs> no, that's, that's just one thing. And there's other things, right? So there's ransomware. Ransomware is one of my favorite evil things. Um, so the way ransomware works is, um, it's like a virus. It will be installed on your machine. Um, and it will take every file that you've got access to and it will encrypt it. And you can't decrypt it without the key, right? This is using really, really good encryption. And they'll say you have to pay a certain amount of Bitcoin to get your data back. Um, that took out toll recently. That's taken out Garmin. One of the things, if you've got an enterprise version of Office 365, is they have a ransomware guarantee. If you store all your files in OneDrive for Business or SharePoint, Microsoft will guarantee that you will be able to recover from ransomware. Ah, so people running around saying that Office 365 is not protected, but the question, the thing you said is it has to be your enterprise-grade version. It, it does. And, so, fact- and we're talking about $13 a month per user difference, which if you've got a lot of user gets up, it gets up there. It does, but you'd 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 expect um, that. Um, I mean, I'm just I'm just googling that now to see what that says. Um, but you'd expect that 
um, uh, somebody in an accounting firm would be generating more than $16 a month in revenue for you or in profit for you that you can use to pay for that. If not, there's probably other yeah, problems. The accountants are very tight. Yes. You know that. We're very tight. It's just natural. We got that when we were born and we and 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 the powers of be decided we were going to be accountant they made us very you know scroogey with our dollars and we look at a license and someone says that one's $16 and that one's $29 or whatever it is and so therefore and and I go well what's the difference oh not much I can fix it up because I can put some other soft it's really just virus protection and security and I can put that on with some other software like uh you know, I don't know all the names of the others. I haven't seen them for ages, but they're they're all on Formula One racing teams. They seem to sponsor a lot of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, they do. There's lots of money in this kind of stuff. Um, but um, don't assume that that yeah, the the organisations which do proper security, so the cloud vendors, spend multiple millions of dollars a month on 24 by 7 operation centres, on live security monitoring, on all that sort of reporting. You just don't have the resources to be able to do that yourself. But installing a little bit of antivirus doesn't make you smarter than the people trying to attack you. These these guys, especially the people doing it professionally, do this as a job to make money, and they're very very good at it, and they don't get caught. Mm. So you you're not you're not. And remember, it's not like if I'm running a a, a builder where yeah. I'm not don't really have any data. You've got you know, thousands of tax file numbers, which could be millions of dollars in money from the ATO. You're a target, right? There's a, there's accounting firms are a place oh, to go and, get and money. And it would be great fun going to all my clients to say that I'd had a security breach and I've got to tell you about it. And that would be very embarrassing. Um, no, no, worse than that. You have to. Right, it's a, it's a mandatory. You have to. It's mandatory notification. You you have to tell all your clients and the public. It's not a good thing. Mm. Mm. So so um, and that's if you yeah, notice, talk, right? You mentioned so, that this is in. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, so yeah. remember, if somebody was smart enough to come and grab all your tax file numbers and data, do you think you'd even know? Right? Yeah, if they broke into your office and grabbed hard disks, you'd be aware of that. But people could go and get this stuff, and you wouldn't even know until the first client got a dodgy tax return. That puts you in a really bad place, because this but, could have happened months they, ago. The accounting firms that we've been dealing with that did get those security breaches, because we had the data loss prevention turned on, because we had all of those features turned on in Office 365, we were notified. They were told about it, and they could restrict that exposure. But if you don't have those things turned on, yep, you've got big issues. You've got big issues now. Um, and and you can turn it on to say, you know, I don't want you sending out tax file numbers, and I don't want you doing these sort of things by email and all of that. Yeah, stuff but you have to you have to turn this stuff on, right? It's 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 there. It's sitting there. It's ready to be configured, but it's not turned on by default. But is it? Do you need like? And I'm asking these questions because I know of um, accounting firms that use the business um, premium version that has data loss prevention in it, doesn't it? It does, or- it does to a degree. And, and this is, uh, you know, Microsoft do a course called Masters of Microsoft Licensing. So I'm not going to delve into exactly what features are available <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. It, it's, it's a case of, um, we've just spent maybe 15 minutes quibbling over 16 bucks. So it's probably not worth even quibbling over. Um, if you care about security, you you get the top level one with the best security in my mind. Yeah, um, it's it's one of those interesting discussions. <laughs> so yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm not going to go there. But um, yeah, yeah, I you know 
for my business, I do it. Um, I don't see why everybody else wouldn't. But then, um, and and there was a an interesting comment. I think it's a three trillion dollar business. Is this security breach and getting data and hacking and all of these sort of things? And they go and they they're, they're moving all the drug lords are moving over from um, running drugs and so forth because that's only a so many billion dollar industry. Yeah. Um, and they only go they go to jail or they get murdered or hung or they get hung for. For if they get caught, but if you get caught doing this, it's sort of six months and a slap on the wrist. You know, probably a good behaviour bond. You know, like it's, it's not it, like it's a bit more. The laws a, haven't kept up with that, have it's they? It's a bit more of a white collar crime. In fact, it's, a, it's an interesting question. Deloitte put some AI across New South Wales legislation and found six hundred and eighty four pieces of legislation which you mentioned outdated technology like faxing and yeah. checks and <laughs> and all this stuff so so there's the law's got a really long way to go to catch up with this kind of stuff so and and not only that it's international law as well so these people don't have to be in australia they can be anywhere one of my first accounting clients mr noel reed god bless his soul um he said to me he was the first person in Australia to have a fax machine. And it was very lonely because he had no one else to fax. <laughs> it's, like having, it's like having the first video phone. <laughs> Who are you going to talk to? Well, the first mobile phone back in the – oh, gosh, I'm showing my age. But anyway, that was um, – You are I a little remember, bit. So anyway, I still remember my manager having a, his first um, car phone. Yeah. and having no one else to talk to and it was costing him so much money. And now it's just normal. You drive somewhere and you're on the phone and you've got – it all built into your car. So things move and they're moving at paces that we can't keep, that we should be keeping up with. Yeah. And, and it's a case of you, you'd never be able to keep up if you're trying to run your own infrastructure. Right? Give that to people who spend billions of millions and billions of dollars doing it and focus on running your business. So my recommendations, and, and, <laughs> go on, you first. Oh, no, I was going to say, I'm working with an IT provider who um, understands it and yeah. isn't also in the dark ages. Yeah. So my, my recommendations are go cloud. Right. <laughs> this is for security only, right? There's other considerations. Oh, we've only been but, saying this for 10 years, Nick. So yeah, come we'll, on. we'll get there eventually. So <laughs> go cloud. Have multi-factor authentication. Don't store stuff on your local PCs. Educate your staff on what's a phishing or a whaling email. Um, there's services out there you can subscribe to that will send your staff, you know, malicious emails, which aren't actually malicious. So you can see how many of them click on them. That's always surprising. Um, so, so go and do those things. Um, make sure you've got update. Uh, you make sure you've got the best security practices. And if you've got features in your software, go turn it on. Right. Really would be my, my recommendations. And when anybody tells you as a financial services professional to not focus on security and save a few bucks here and there, I would be questioning whether they're the right partner for you. Yep, on that stun silence. <laughs> there we go. Right, uh, that was pretty harsh. But true, but it's the thing. It's no different as an accountant. We're sitting there as an accountant. If someone says, oh, here, I can do this and do your dodgy tax return, don't worry about giving me any receipts. Don't worry about doing this. We'll just put it together. I'll, I'll put your balance sheet together or based on the back of a piece of paper. You would say to somebody that question that as an accountant, you'd say, well, what, you know, you, you, what are you, what's the purpose of it? And then there's going to be some, you know, you might get through a few things here and there, but I'm sure there'll be a few problems coming in later on. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. You know, you, you're, you're running a professional organization. There's, there's all sorts of professional codes of ethics and things you have to adhere to as a, as a financial services professional. Make sure your IT reflects that. Mm, you've got the same, haven't you? 
codes of ethics and it's a little looser we don't have the strong professional associations in in it we have a couple of them so there's the australian computer society there's um aiia and there's comptia those are really the three and there's a bunch of certifications and 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 things around that it just hasn't that level of regulation hasn't been that strong in it in australia it is in other countries it's just not here so much so really it's hard to know whether somebody who's you know touting for business is is the right one for you so look for certifications chat to their other customers you know you know do the sense check are they saying the right thing are they trying to sell me kit yeah microsoft certifications and and if you and, and accountants would know all about zero certifications and where zero have gone with that and that's our that's our little introduction to the it industry really is as looking at those certifications coming through from zero so you go out there, you put on your logo and all of those things, you're zero certified. Um, no different than look at your IT provider and say, do you have Microsoft certifications yep. and yeah, get people up to date? You'd look for a Microsoft partner to have gold level competencies in, in the stuff you want to do. In, uh, anything else you wouldn't probably wouldn't look at. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. All right. Well, that was, that was great. Um, there we go. That's a good start to the morning here. <laughs> I always feel a bit weird after talking about security, but, um, you know. Are you going to go and hand sanitize your laptop now? Yes, I think so. I'll get the, uh, the screen and give it all a big – I might restart it today. That's what might be my first thing. Excellent. Yeah, and think, think about that now, right? You're, you're going, I might restart it today. 20 years ago, it would be I've already restarted four times today. You know, the, the, yeah. the industry's moved on. <laughs> yeah, see if I can get those updates to Teams. All right. Thank you again, Nick. It's always great fun t- catching up with you and having a chat. So, um, yeah, I'll let you wind up and let's get get on with the day. All right. Thank you, Trevor. I do appreciate it. And I appreciate you listening to the Accounting Technology Fireside Chat. Make sure you give us a like, put some comments if you want us to cover certain topics, and make sure you subscribe to this blog so you get updates when we release a new version. I hope you have a fantastic day. Trevor, have a great day. See you then. Thanks, Cheers. Nick. Bye, everyone. <laughs>